All right, well, good evening and welcome to our midweek service. And we've been talking about, uh, from the topic, proven. And in particular, last week we got into, as we've been talking about proven, you know, those, those that are leaders, leaders among you, or those that are called to various office should first be proven. But we've been going through various tests, uh, wilderness tests and, and patience tests. And so last week we got into the manipulation tests. Um, and so we, we, we uh, got into part one. And, and as we were talking about part one, we got into an open discussion on uh, the uh, consequences versus punishment because I gave some examples. And we had two people. We had Joe. We had Trina brought up a question. And so... And going back and reading through, I shared it on Wednesday, I believe, and I shared it with Joe personally. Uh, but uh, so uh, Joe's question was about how does Absalom's um, actually Absalom was a part of the uh, part of the assist for the punishment that David went through, and then Trina asked a question about uh, uh, did it make a difference that uh, David was told ahead about their punishment. But it was, it was my error because I blended two different types of punishments in two different situations. Because uh, I was talking about how David had the, the progression of choice. Okay, you, you got these three options, which one you want to take. But that was because of the senses, not because of Bathsheba's, um, or when he um, sinned with Bathsheba, got the husband killed. Right? That was what uh, Joe had brought up. Absalom was a part of it. That wasn't the only thing. But the, that was the, Absalom was a part of the consequence. The ultimate punishment was supposed to be death. <laughs> right? So he didn't, get, he didn't get to the punishment because when he was told, as uh, Trina brought out, when he was told about the actual um, punishment, his response was, I sinned. You know? <laughs> like, basically, I deserve it. You know, and so because he handled it right, he didn't deal with more than just the consequence of it. So I wanted to make sure I shared that because I said I would go back and make sure I processed right, processed it right. So I appreciate Joe and Trina for pointing out that uh, error on my mistake, on my on my part. They didn't say it was an error, but I'm saying it was an error. Okay, <laughs> all right. I, they they were very uh, respectful. All right. All right, so let's, let's, let's get into part two here of the manipulation test, and hopefully we can get into the genuine test today, okay? I think we'll like that too, right? And, um, and even as we were talking about consequences versus punishment, uh, as I was meditating on this, the Lord, it, like you can look through, it seems like God shifted after the flood to more of a behavior modification than an absolute annihilation. Because you remember, the flood was annihilated. Like, we just wiping everything out. And remember, he was grieved after the flood. And, you know, we, that's why we got our rainbow. You know, it's like, I don't think I want to go about it that way no more. So I think that's when the behavioral modification kicked in. You know, where now there's a progression. You know, basically, your, your choice is probably to determine what level of uh, consequence or uh, that you're going to deal with. How you handle, hey, I just missed it on this one. You know, if you confess your sins, God's faithful and faithful to forgive you of the sins. He's not and, and cleanse you of the unrighteousness. All right, but I, what I want to talk about, because we've been talking about manipulation and how watch out for people that don't let you hold them accountable and different things like that last week. But also when you're watching, when you're processing through the manipulation test, because remember we talked about there's manipulators, things that they go through, and there's people that are manipulated. There's things that they go through, right, and being tested. We have to watch out for the diversions when you're close to exposing people that are manipulated. Watch out for diversions. A lot of times when you're really close to someone, that's their default is manipulation. And again, we're talking about the spirit. We're not trying to attach it to a person. Sometimes we, you know, that person's manipulating. Yes, that person's being used but they've yielded to the spirit of manipulation, right? And so what you'll find is temper tantrums, you know, outbursts. You know, you, know, you ever try to get close to somebody and, 
and they're, they're gaming, there will be an outburst. Well, that's a diversion because normally you respond to the outburst, right? Well, how did this start? We were, uh, I was having a parent discussion, and I was telling the parent, I said, hey, you got to nip that in the bud now. I said, because that's manipulation, a temper tantrum of manipulation. But I said, if you don't handle that right, that's going to be one of the adults we have to counsel <laughs> down the road. So you want to nip the, the, the little diversions now. You know, the yelling and screaming in the attempt to assert their own will vocally when it's not going their way or their challenge. So you got people that yell and scream and they're trying to exert their will vocally, override the conversation because it's not going their way and they recognize their challenge. That's another default of manipulation. You know, a physical action, lashing out um, by damaging surroundings and use of physical force. That's a part of manipulation because all those are diversions. All those draw attention away from the reality of the truth, right? Oh, this will be a good one. Crying, whining, and fussing, right? Uh, are presenting a certain frustration. These are deflections. Um, or, or the presentation of victimization. Uh, converting the whole conversation to as if you're the victim. That's a, <laughs> that's a move. Um, so the tantrum... Is, is the first move. If that doesn't work, it gives way to tears and a desire to be consoled, right? But all that's a diversion from what? The issue, right? As opposed to embracing the reality of the issue. But all that's a part of people that are yielding to the manipulation spirit. Some people have done it for years. I remember counseling someone in another state and was talking to this young lady and she says, oh my God, she says, I've never experienced this before. I said, what are you talking about? She says, well, I can't get around this truth right now that you're talking about. I said, so why would you want to get around this? She says, well, no, actually, you don't know this, but I've been through at least 15 to 20 counselors, and I've, been, I've, I've run circles around all of them. All of my therapists and all of them, I run circles around all of them. You know, because they have a certain script that they follow. So you see, this is the thing. Now, don't get this wrong, because I was over a, uh, I was over a ministry called the in-house counseling. And so, so I consulted with a, a large ministry. I think I can say it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, uh, you've heard of Vineyard Church. Vineyard's across the country. And so they have a system. It's called in-house ministry, where when you come in, you call in, you can get a, a therapist, you can get a psychologist, or you can get ministerial counseling. So when I consulted with them, ministerial counseling was the highest level of counseling. If the therapist can't deal with them, if the psychologist can't deal with them, if the social worker can't deal with them, then they advance them to ministerial counseling. And, and, and so, so this particular person knew how to run circles around certain levels because certain people are trained and they're not tripping. They can only give you what they were trained to do. Right? Like they're not, they're not bad or worse, some things are, our lives aren't customized for people's training. There's so many different people, you know, when I went to school for, and, and I, my first major was psychology. And the thing is, what I realized is there's a whole lot more thinking besides what Freud thinks. People are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so that's what happens. This young lady, she learned the system. And she figured out how to get around all these different types of therapists and counselors. And the thing is, but God's truth, you can't get around. The Holy Spirit's discernment, you can't get around. But your, your flesh will want to get around it, right? Your flesh, I mean, so how many people here have ever did something to divert from the truth? I just raise my hand, you know. I'm about, to, I'm about to go over there and pop trainers. <laughs> She's like, I don't know, I'm, that's not me. <laughs> All right, I'll interview Ty later. <laughs> Look, Ty, keep your head straight ahead so you don't get, so you get in trouble later. Right? But, but it's sometimes, as, as, as we, even as we were young, as you grow, sometimes it's a default. Right? We can't help it. But this spirit is, is a part of that, and we'll get into more details when we get into spiritual authority. Uh, actually, the teaching will be uh, spiritually authorized, coming to a church near you real soon on Sunday. 
Not this Sunday, but upcoming Sunday. And we'll get into the Jezebel spirit during that teaching, but the thing is, we must stay sober-minded to recognize Jezebel soothing the ego to steal our soul. See, the thing is, uh, 2 Kings 9, 30-37, you can write that down. I'll just tell you the story. But, you know, God was making a shift, you know. He's making a shift from Elijah to Elijah. He was making a shift from a, a new priest. He's making a shift to a new king, Jehu. And they had assignments. Jehu's assignment was to take out Jezebel. Remember, Jezebel was after Elijah. And so when, Je- when Jehu showed up, his crew showed up, Jezebel was punking everybody. That was her motive. Like, before, hey, before the day's over or before whatever happens, I'm, I'm going to destroy this person. Jehu shows up, you would think she would be operating the same way, right? Oh, what? You want some too? That's not what she did. She adorned herself. She adorned herself and was speaking pleasantries out of the top of the castle. Jehu, because he was discerning, instead of conforming to the manipulation or the pleasantries, the compliments, see, again, you can bust somebody out and all of a sudden, remember that day? You was like, I'm going to go tell them the truth today. Oh, no, I ain't just going to be playing me. I'm going to tell them the truth because I'm tired of them messing around. And you showed up and they was just the nicest person. You know, remember you was going to work the next day and you was like, oh, no, 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 no. I tell you what, you know, you know, because I'm not going to be sitting around every day thinking about this. I'm telling them today. And that day they was the, the sweetest they could be because that spirit recognized you was coming. And, and, and Jezebel recognized Jehu was coming. And he said, hey, hey, anybody up there with the ki- with, with, rolling with us? Toss her out the window. He didn't even, he didn't go for the manipulation. So you got to be... You got to have that discernment to be able to pick up that. See, a clear thinking mind, that's why we have to have a sound mind. That's why we can't intoxicate ourselves because we won't know when we're being manipulated. We won't even know when different shows and things that we watch are manipulating us, right? A clear thinking mind will also equip us to recognize, hey, hey, half-truths. This is, it's basically a lie, but I'm just using that because that's the thing we use. We call it half-truths. It'll help us to recognize the double-tongued, right? See, the double-tongued say what they are doing, but they omit what they are not doing. <laughs> yeah, you try to corner me something, like, yeah, no, I did such and such. Okay, what, what didn't you do? Because <laughs> that's what caused the problem. Not what you did, what caused the problem is what you didn't do, right? And so you'll be able to watch out the scripture talks. Let's go to... Uh, 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy 3. So a clear thinking mind just to, just to help us navigate. And this is not about bussing people out. The Bible says the truth frees all of us. So we're helping people if they're manipulating. We go, you know you're gaming, right? What's your, what's your, what outcome are you looking to get through this? Because if you keep going this way, are you looking for me to not be able to trust you going forward? Because if you keep gaming, I'm not going to be able to trust you. And you may want me to trust you in this relationship. You know, so you got to help people to know it's a safe place for them to just be genuine, right? Right, look at this. This is one of the qualifications for a deacon. You know, we're we're about to uh, go through the ministry track here soon. But 1 Timothy 3 verse 8. Says likewise, must the deacons be grave, right? Not look at this. It's on the list. Not double tongue. <laughs> Besides the not giving to much wine and greedy and all that stuff, right? It says not double tongue. So our communication should be simple in our engagement in good relationships. And you know what my phrase is for a healthy relationship? Answer the question, please. Just answer the question. No, 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 we don't have to dance. Just answer the question. Yes, no. Right? I agree, I disagree. I lied or I told the truth. What is it? Let your yes be yes and your nay be nay? Yeah, answer the question, please. It, 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 I mean, you'll make me work because it'd be like, why are you asking all these questions? Because you ain't answered the first one. <laughs> 
If you answer the first one, it doesn't lead to the other 10 that's trying to get you to answer the first question. Right? Trying to get you to discover that you lying. Okay. Getting a little worked up there. You don't want to get worked up. All right. So the scripture talks about James chapter, um, let's look at James. Because the reason why we're trying to assist the manipulator because the, the manipulator is double-minded, right? And that's not, um, it's not healthy. That's, that's, that's not healthy for us to live this way. Look at James chapter 4, verse 8. Of course, we'll go back to, we'll mention James 1, 8 since we're talking about this. But James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you, right? Look, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, now, in our culture, this statement, somebody would flip this and say, you judging me. But the scripture just said, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, right? right? It didn't say why you're sinning, it's saying ye sinners. It says, purify, purify your hearts, ye what? Double-minded. Now, the scripture says in James 1.8, if you go back three chapters, it says a double-minded man what? Is unstable in all his ways. And so, so, again, why would somebody manipulate? Why would they be double-minded? How do they get pulled into deception and lying and trickery and, and tomfoolery or whatever they call it, right? How do, how do you get into that? It's, and we, we talked about this on Sunday, fear. You know, like a lot of times it's fear. And this is the thing. Or, you know, some of this is just in low self-esteem. We don't understand that we're all in the process of evolving. And while we're in the process of evolving, we're not always going to look good. Newsflash, all of us don't look good all the time. Now that you got that out the way, realize there's times you're not going to look good. Now, be your best. Now, don't say, well, since all of us are not going to look good all the time, I'm going to be the worst every time I'm around. That's not it. Try Strive to be your best, right? But realize you're not always going to look good. We was at a funeral, and they messed up the music. So, so no matter how much anointed Pastor Mel was, and it was right when she was about to, she was singing God Is. Right when she was about to, 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 to climax the note, jacked up the mood twice. Right? So what you going to do? All right. You know, it, 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 things happen. You're not, we're not always going to look good. You're not, I left my cufflinks in, in, in Charlotte. So I'm rolling out there with no cufflinks, and I just happen to have a longer cufflink shirt. If it was short, I could get away with it. But now the shirt is jumping out from my sleeves. What you going to do? It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like display the cracks. Guess what? Everybody in this room, we don't know everything. Like, oh, last week, I blended two different, uh, two different um, uh, consequences, right, talking about one situation. I ain't had no script. That's cool. Go back, read it, come back, and let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to get to that place, but we, we reflex to cover ourselves, and we end up yielding to that spirit of manipulation. And this is the thing. It's, it, sometimes I think we lean so much on approval of men. Why are we conforming to the things they do in the world? Why don't we question the things they do in the world? Like we question God, I'm saying. You know, you hear something, you go, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How I know that's true? We just roll with it. If God says it, we question it. Right? Realize why? Because we want approval of men. And it don't take much to get approval of men. All you got to do is compromise. Go with the flow, which I'll, I'll get into hopefully here in a second. But... So our righteousness is our positioning with Christ, not our approval of men. So we're trying to live righteous to position ourselves with Christ because positioning ourselves with Christ is more important than our approval of men, or at least it should be, right? And so when we get into these manipulative type relationships, what's the best way to respond? How do we respond in these? Because sometimes you just get caught in. You don't know until you're stuck, Right? You don't know until somebody, you know how you ever been in relationships where people aren't really asking you? 
It's like a, hey, so we're going to do such and such. And before you know it, you're going with it and be like, wait a minute, I don't recall nobody asking me if I really wanted to do this. <laughs> but you're already going with it, right? Because, you know, some people are very uh, controlling or manipulative. And so, so when you're in these, in these relationships, utilize one, the tools of meekness. Meekness is persuading in return for attack. So you want to operate meekness as I'm always in a position to reconcile a relationship even though somebody may do something to throw me off, right? So I'm always going to be healthy. I'm not taking nothing personal. I'm not trying to destroy. When I say reconcile, I'm not saying put yourself in harm's way. Person's in quicksand. I'm going to reconcile a relationship by jumping in the quicksand with them. You're both going to drown. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm in a position to make sure I do nothing to sever my heart from God and assist them to making sure their heart gets back with God, right? But that doesn't mean I got to hang out with them every day, right? Right, so how do I do that? I'm going to have to speak the truth in love, right? Ephesians 4, 15, speak the truth in love. See, in love means I'm speaking the truth to assist them, not just so I could be right or to tear them down. I'm trying to help them. And so what we call this is the power of confrontation. Now, I know that's a curse word to a lot of people's lives, (laughs) but it's the power of confrontation. Now, this is the key about confrontation. You're addressing the behavior. So so it's okay to address a behavior. Okay, so when you did that, what was you thinking? You're making a person aware you're aware, right? I was in a situation where a person, I don't know, maybe they were just bothered because I was growing in ministry. I don't know. But so, so again, I was in a unique situation. I think I told you before that I, uh, I was hired to work for the church as a ministerial assistant, but I wasn't ordained yet. I went to school after that, and I got ordained after I went to school. <laughs> Was that right? No, no. I was, okay, I was hired before I was ordained. I was ordained before I went to school. I went to school after I was already working in full-time ministry and was already ordained. That's that's how I learned so much, you know, because I wasn't trying to be anything. I was already in ministry. So I really absorbed a lot in class. Well, in my process of being hired and not necessarily being ordained, you know, I would get pot shots from here and there, you know. When you get ordained, this will happen, you know. Or people will call the church because the pastor would say, all right, so Minister Bradley, we're going to have him do such and such, but I wasn't even ordained. But I was a, a ministerial assistant at the church. And so, so people will call in, can I speak to Minister Bradley? We don't call him that. That's how the person will answer the phone. So the person will call me and says, well, I know you, you're a ministerial assistant and you're not ordained yet, but you, you operate ministry. Remember we talked about on um, Sunday, Remember uh, commissioned in training? Remember we talked about that? So, so that, that's how that would be here. Some people may be commissioned in training, moving towards ordination, right? And so, so I could just get offended, but I didn't get offended. I pulled the person to the side. I said, you know, there's a couple times people called me, and they said, you almost like were really like hyped to say, we don't call him that. I said, well, I don't go around soliciting people calling me minister. I said, but I'm not going to deny it all my life either. Like, that would be stupid. I said, so, but, but what's your flow? You know, as a, I, I, I told the person, this is true stories. I'm going to say it exactly what I said if you're watching this. I said, as a big sister, what's, what's your thought process? Like, like, why are you working that hard? Oh, no, no, I'm not. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're talking about. So I didn't go, I didn't argue. I didn't go, you know what they're talking about. They, let me tell you who said it. I didn't even do that. You know what my goal was? to make them aware that I was aware. I addressed the behavior. That's, that's, my, whole, that's my whole thing, address the behavior. So, so in the power of concentration, you address the behavior. And what this does, this, this, this shuts down the contagion spirit. So now the, the levels of manipulation are suggestibility. So somebody has to draw you in, right? That's called suggestibility. Contagion is to get you to go with the flow. Right? And then the third one is submergence takes, takes you over. So let's say, I don't know. I don't know what their rival is. I'm not a NFC South fan. Who's the Panthers rival? Okay. 
All right, we'll just make it the Falcons since, since y'all said it. Yeah, I wouldn't know, so I can't say. I mean, I don't really care about the NFC side. Wait, so, <laughs> I know that's not nice. All right, so let's say a Falcon fan walks into uh, Bank of America Stadium. A what? A Falcon fan, right? So then when they walk into the stadium, that would be the suggestibility. Hey, you should flow with all of us in here. Then all of a sudden, they're doing waves and stuff like that every time the Panthers make a move, and they start going with the flow. You know, they don't wear their jersey because they don't want anybody to know, hey, I'm a, really a Falcon fan. Before they leave out the stadium, they're cheering for the Panthers. Huh? I didn't hear what you said, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you in a second. All right? So what happens? They got submerged by the atmosphere. I thought somebody was going to say, the Panthers, ah! right? So, right? So, so, and that's what happens sometimes. We are Christians. We go in an environment, there's things suggested. Sometimes we don't have to go into an environment. We just sit in the house watching TV. There's things that suggested. We, we, it, it gets our attention, and now it's trying to get us to go with the flow. Now it's trying to get us to flow like they flow, speak like they speak, do what they do, right? But that's not really what the adversary's ultimate goal is. He wants you to become that now and not be a Christian, right? And so, so when we address certain things that's kind of pulling us out of our flow, then we maintain who we are. We don't just conform, right? The scripture says, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth, right? That, uh, the next verse, Ephesians 4, 16, right? Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says this. Look, open rebuke is better than secret love. Right? It's better than, you know, you know, it's okay, I just want to love on them as private. Yeah, I just want to love on them. No, open rebuke is better than secret love because open rebuke says, I care more about you than me being liked. Right? And so, so that helps a person, you know, get out of that funk. We don't, we don't want to aid in the bed the manipulator. You understand what I mean? Because it's one thing for them to manipulate. It's another thing for us to allow it and then blame them for it. That's not fair to them because you had the truth, but you didn't share it. And this is, this is the reality as we grow forward, right? A relationship begun on a fragile foundation of manipulation, deception, and misrepresentation is one challenge away from caving in. One challenge away. A relationship that has begun on a fragile foundation of manipulation, deception, and misrepresentation is one challenge away from caving in. So let's say if I'm that person and I'm manipulative, I'm misrepresenting myself, I'm, I'm deceiving a person because I just want to be liked. Well, it, everything is one challenge away from me losing that relationship because it's, it's, it's on a fragile foundation. And so we have to grow to a place where we don't avoid confrontation just to be tolerant. Don't avoid confrontation just to be tolerated. If we do, we're destined to be alone. See, anybody is destined to be alone if, if, if we're just being tolerated. Toleration has a shelf life. It has an expiration date. So we don't just want to not address behavior so somebody would tolerate us. Because eventually, one, one wrong move which means truth going to slip out. You ever like, you try not to tell the truth and then under, you relax. Let's say you're in a fun environment, you relax and truth slip out and then the person's bothered and you jump back into your front. Oh, no, no, I was just playing. I was just playing. No, you know how you know, this is playing. You wasn't playing. You were serious. <laughs> All right? And, 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 and look, now the relationship has changed because the truth slipped out. When that should actually bring you closer together, Right? All right, so, so I just wanted to give just a, a just a, because we didn't get to that on the manipulation test. So, so again, as we're being proven, we're talking about these various tests, well, we're going to go through what's called the genuine test, the genuine test, right? In the genuine test, God places you in circumstances and situations that can only be overcome by the genuine you being offered. So the only way you can overcome the situation is you got to offer the genuine you. No counterfeit, no front, no nothing is going to get you out of that situation. You can only offer the genuine you. 
So though we may be tempted to forge a disingenuous response to the pressures of performance, we trust that expressing our truth is more than enough to meet any demand. I'll repeat that. Though we may be tempted in these situations to forge a disingenuous response to the pressure of performance. You know, performance tries to pressure you into being disingenuous because you think, I'll be more accepted, right? But when we are passing this test, we trust that expressing our truth is more than enough to meet any demand. I can be me, and that can, that can meet any situation. Why? Because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139.14. Why would God take all this, go through all these intricacies to make sure we're designed the way we are for us to spend our whole life trying to be a copy? Right? It was Miles Monroe. Uh, we're all born originals, but we, you know, just, I know was, he reads a lot of Miles Monroe. But we were born original. Why die a copy? Right? That's uh, the book, Understanding Your Potential. Right? And so <laughs> this is the test where the ministry in us and our readiness for it is authenticated. In the genuine test, this is the test where the ministry in us and our readiness for it is authenticated. Because you'll find yourself in this test being in situations where you feel that little pull because you weren't genuine. Where you told a half truth. Where you, where you fudged the stats. Where you made people believe you were at one place and you were at another. Well, then why? You don't need resurrection. You just exalted yourself to a place that you're not even at. Only a buried person needs resurrection, right? Right? And so this is the test that, that's really going to authenticate you. So, 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 so how are we authenticated in this process of being genuine? How are we proved or tested? Um, how is this obstruction burned off of us? Right? How we prove to be what we say we are. See, this is the thing. In, in, in God's process of testing, it's not about what you say you are. It's about who you really are. And so when you go through this process, you're proved to be what you say you are. Like if you're in a situation, you say, oh, I can do this. Well, you're going to be in a situation where we can see if you can really do it. <laughs> right? But that's not to try to disqualify. It's for you to know what's really in your heart and for you to understand, oh, I guess I really don't know. So you can kick and scream forever. Kicking and screaming does, think about, uh, not, again, we, we said we're going to be, um, try to be as, as uh uh, frank as possible going forward, especially to close out the end of this year. Listen, all kicking, all kicking and screaming is doing is delaying the inevitable. You're just saying, man, it's going to be even more painful tomorrow. Because <laughs> I, just, I, I just figured a way to get out of this. So that means it's, uh, it's going to come back later and greater. When I could have just embraced it today. All right? And so, so, so again, when you're going through this authentication, let's, let's look here at Romans 5. Look at Romans 5. And verse 1. All right, so, so we're talking about being genuine and being authenticated or authentic, which we'll get to in a second. It says, therefore, being justified. Look, being justified, that's a... a, a authenticated word, being justified by what? Faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then after the colon, it says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God all being all over us. And not only so, but we glory, look, look, we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience. So when I've crossed over into this place, these tests and trials is working something to me. Call what? Patience. And patience works experience and experience hope. And hope, look, look, this is the key. Make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So God doesn't want us to be ashamed. So he's saying embrace the process and on the other side, you won't be ashamed. But if you figure a way around it, you're going to be ashamed. If you're disingenuous, you're going to just look for shame coming. 
So the very thing that you was hiding or running from, not looking bad, you look 10 times worse. When you could have just ate the, 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 the presentation of, ah, I missed it on that one. You know, I'm going to have to embrace this. And then you don't have to deal with uh, what's going to come later. That's why the scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, very different testing trials. Knowing this, being intimate with this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you be entire like a nothing. To pass our test for what we design to do, we need patience. Why? You have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. But why is that so important? It's so important because we can't see who we really are at first. So we would approve ourselves at every stage because we, we always think it's enough. But God sees stadiums for you to be in front of. And, and all the challenges that comes along with all of that attention. And if you are, are getting weary of well-doing or, or, or compromising your consistency at this level, what are you going to do at a grand stage? So it's going to take patience to embrace everything that it takes for you to handle what your gifting is going to produce. So it's not a punishment. It's just you, only the genuine you can get all that God has for you. And so, yes, you can get some things that, that, that you may like, some things people may approve of, some things that can give you props. But those things are actually going to wear down eventually because those aren't purpose. So they're not designed to fulfill you. They're designed to temporarily soothe you, and then you find yourself right back in the same situation. Feeling depressed, feeling frustrated. Then when you get feel frustrated, the adversary's sitting there right there waiting. I got something for you. Here, drink this. Smoke this. Watch this. Do this. Because you don't need to be going through that right now. You see what I'm saying? But you didn't have to, you don't need to be going through it. Stay the course. Just stay the course. God is not unjust to forget your labor of love, right? So, so that faith is going to constantly be tried just to see if you're stubborn or if you're gold. See if you're genuine. And when you're genuine, you come out of that fire genuine, you're ready to rock and roll. You never have to look over your shoulder again. But right now, some of us, even as in some of the things that we do, we're looking over our shoulder. Because, again, God's glory ain't on us. We're not representing God's image. We're representing the world's image presented as God. And that's not true. The Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, for us to be, look, look, when we're looking through this word, it's like we're holding ourselves in the mirror. We're changing to his image day by day, not the world's image. We're working too hard to put on the world's image to get approved by the world. We should be working hard to put on God's image to be approved by him. That's what gets us in, his image, not the world's image. So we're trying to, like, show up like some type of imposter. We try to, hey, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm just, just here for my, my promotion. Who are you? Yeah, you know, like right now they got, they got all these different, uh, this technology where they can just scan you, the, the whole you, your whole body, scan your hands, scan everything. So you're walking up, not who you are. Genuine is the only thing that gets you through the door. But you're trying to act like you're right. You know, you, you got all the, the, the lingo, the conversation. You're spitting all the scriptures, you know, all the scriptures you've been exposed to, right? Yeah, you, hey, some of us are very good orators, very good speakers. You know, some of us have manipulated for years, you know, you know uh, 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 Uncle Eddie and Grandma Susie. Oh, she's so cute. And you've been working that cute angle for the longest. But they ain't going to get you through the door. Genuine is the only thing going to get you through the door. You can't bat your eyes and get through this one. You know what I'm saying? You, hey, you can't throw a tantrum and get through this one. Right? You can't do all these things that you've been doing for years thinking you're going to get through trying to get in the God system. No, 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 no. It's not going to work, right? And this, you know, uh, I, I read this a while ago. There was a young lady. She worked so hard on her image, she lost herself. But she wasn't really working on God's image for her. She wasn't working on being genuine. She was working on what they approved in the world, not what God approved for his design of her. 
And so she lost herself, forgot who she was. I remember in the early years, I had forgot how to laugh. No, literally. And so for a short period of time, I had a phoniest fake laugh because I forgot how to just genuinely laugh. Now, one of the things that's facilitated this, and don't get mad, but when I pledged, they did something um, like you couldn't smile, you couldn't laugh. Well, you couldn't, no, yeah, you couldn't smile, right? And so if you smiled, you got a smile wipe, right? Somebody might say I'm divulging information, but it's true. Um, and, and, and so um, smile wipe was excruciating. You know, one time I think my brain kind of slammed up against the back of my head and came back one time. The dude jumped off a chair. Bah! Well, see, I have actually high cheekbones. So even when I didn't want to smile, I would smile. And under pressure, I don't know why, for most of my life, I start smiling. It could be a serious situation, like it could be a crisis. So let y'all know ahead of time, y'all could be in a crisis. I don't think it's funny, but my body responds that way. I be smiling, like I just, you know, something come up and I can't control it. So I would be, I would go like this and they'd be like, uh, they call us crescent. And they say, crescent, what you smiling for? I was like, nah, big brother, I really wasn't, I wasn't laughing, I wasn't smiling. I got high cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boy, I was, I was getting rocked, right? And <laughs> so when I finished pledging for about two years, I rarely smiled, but I didn't know it because I don't see me. And about two years later, one day I was, I was laughing about something. I said, like, oh my God, what was that? Because I hadn't, I hadn't done that. I was so, some of y'all probably think I'm like that now, but trust me, I was worse. <laughs> now imagine growing up, I grew up in Newark, so that teaches me to be stoned. I played basketball, that teaches you to be stoned. I worked in corrections, that teaches you to be stoned. And I pledged. <laughs> so you could just, I was scaring all types of people. Don't drop your rocks. Some people say, you're scaring me now. No, I'm not. Yeah, on purpose, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the thing is, 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 is and you, you develop this stoicness, you know, that you just do. So I had to discover how to just be genuinely smile again, right? And I know y'all think I'm talking about my smile, but I'm talking about how some of us are just not have to discover genuinely how to be themselves again. They've been, you, some of us have been so busy conforming, we done lost ourselves, right? And this is the thing. Uh, I, I read this some years ago. You know, death isn't sad. The sad thing is most people don't live at all. They, they, they rarely find out who they are and live at all. And this is the thing. You'll never be less or better than anyone. You can only be you. There is no comparison. That's why Scripture says, dare not to compare yourself uh, with others in 2 uh, Corinthians 10, 10, 12, right? And uh, now I got this from the Purpose Driven Life, uh, uh, I think. Maybe I didn't. I'm just going to read it. So to be authentic, genuine, uh, it means to be genuine, real, worthy of acceptance because of accuracy. So, so you're, you're accepted because of accuracy. You're really who you are, right? You're credible. See, some of us struggle with people listening to us. We're going to get into this when we talk about uh, spiritually authorized. It's because we're not credible. We're saying all the right things, but we're not credible because we're not li- what we, our actions don't line up with what we say. And the thing that people that are close to you, they see your, 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 the intangibles, your involuntary behavior. And so even though they tolerate you, they really can't stand you because you're not consistent. You're not genuine. You talk a good game. They see you when you come before us, you talk one thing, and behind the scenes you do something else. And then you ask them to do something, they're like, really? Oh, they don't see you, but I do. Right? We're not credible. You're not authentic. You're faithful, sameness. The word faithful means sameness. Being exactly as appears. How many people are exactly as appears? Or one way, like keep changing themselves like a, like, like a chameleon in the, the environments they get into. Total harmony. That means me and God are in total harmony. God is genuine and I'm in truth. They that worship me, worship me what? In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Right? 
our spirit harmonizing with God's spirit, right? See, harmony, I need to get there, get in harmony, right? And so this, this to be authentic is calculating your, your true value, your, your genuine value. For example, authentic merchandise is more valuable than faddish or popular pieces. They may be faddish and popular, but if they're not authentic, they don't have, their value don't last. It's only in that time of the fad, right? The other thing about being genuine or authentic, it's you're convincing because you're genuine, right? People trust you more. Because you're genuine. But when you keep changing your spots every t- everywhere you go, people don't trust you. I'm not saying they won't be around you, but they really don't trust you. Because you're not, you're fronting, right? Which is another word for lying. Right? You're dependable. You're official and authoritative. Because you're genuine. The genuine people have power. We'll get into that when we get into spiritual authority. Being exactly what, being exactly as appears, and this is the thing. So, so when they talk about this word authentic, um, they use an example. Um, and one of the examples they use is the statement being blown in a bottle, being blown in a bottle. And why do they use that example? Because when they blow things inside of a bottle, like uh, ships or you ever see like a ship inside of a bottle, a big bottle? Um, it's untouched after creation. So after it's finished, the, the creation is finished, nobody gets to touch that ship. It's inside the bottle. And so when, you're, when, when God has finished your, with your design, it's untouched by the world and others. It's exactly what he purposed, right? It's not corrupted by taking in all these other things and people of the world. It's void of tampering and contamination. Most of us are jacked up because of tampering and contamination, right? Thank you. Amen from the brother back there, all right? And this is, this is one of the things that I, I learned, and I, I used to share this with anybody I trained in sales. You know, when you're hiding something, it gives uh, people an uncomfortable feeling as if you're trying to hustle them. This causes them to put up their guard and cuts off their reception of you. So in sales, let's say you really need that sale and you're desperate, right? Well, you don't know it, but the other person picks up something ain't right. And you might not be, you might be trying to sell them an authentic product, but your desperation says, hey, they're hiding something. And now they get uncomfortable and it's hard for them to receive you, right? It's the same thing in just everyday life. People buy you. And if it's not the real you, they don't want to make that purchase. They don't want to make that investment. They don't want to make that commitment. They don't want to follow you, follow your lead. Because one, you're saying one thing and you articulate yourself well, but your life doesn't articulate what you're saying well. Your life is expressing something totally different than what you communicate. So you can get on somebody. You could be a boss and you could say, okay. See, you can't just be doing that. And they're sitting there going, are we serious right now? Are you, did, 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 hold on a second. I'll be right back. Did, did you hear what she just told me? That I can't do that. And then he told me I couldn't do that. How's he going to? Do you see how he operate? Do you know how many times that person been written up? But, but, but they don't think we know? Man, please, ain't nobody listening to you. Go on about your business. Because <laughs> you ain't genuine. Right? You're fronting. And everybody sees it but you. See, the authenticator in our life is the Holy Spirit. That's that unction you get. That's that conviction you get. He's saying, hey, you're leaving genuineness. You're leaving your design. You can't be and do that. Think about the times we got in trouble. And we did, okay, before we knew the Holy Spirit, what did we say? Something told me not to do that, Right? And each time we got in trouble. Now, some of us have not been honest even after we made the mistake to go, I just blew this one. 
We try to fix that, right? Because it's more about our ego and our pride than facing the fact that I should have just listened. And I did it. Cut my losses, right? So the Holy Spirit is designed to help the genuine you, guess what? Not the counterfeit you. He's designed to help the what? The genuine you, not the counterfeit you. Look at here, Romans 8. All the scriptures make sense when you just really line things up. Um, Verse 14, it says, for as many as are, look, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to harmonize with being a son of God, right? You know, further, when it goes down, verse 19, it says, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to be our, the, our genuine design, to walk in the power we were designed to walk in, right? Verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, afraid to be you. It says, look, look, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Father, Father. I'm a child of God. And I got to walk in the genuineness of that. And I can't be ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for the power of God unto salvation. Right? And so, so, so we, we, we have to... You know, when the scripture says in Matthew 7, 23, at the last days, it says, hey... Hey, it says that people are coming the last days. I've cast out demons. I've healed the sick. All these little deeds depart from me. I do not know you, the genuine you, you work of iniquity. You thought this whole life was about looking and seeing what looked like it was shiny doing that. Look like what you would get props doing that. Look at what would make other people think you sweet doing that. This life was about you fulfilling the design why I put you here? That's what it was about. So now you can't measure up. See, I can't measure up. I can't say, well, hey, I read 20 chapters. How many did you read? Because I have to read the chapters that's conducive for my design. And maybe my requirement for my design is 40 chapters. And maybe we both read in 20, but maybe your requirement is 20. You read 100%, I'm reading 50%. Because I'm measuring it against you, not against my design. Do you know you can beat them and lose the race? Do you realize that? You know, there's some people that actually won races. So they won this race, but because of the time they ran, they lost the overall race. Because they weren't supposed to be running against them. They are supposed to be running the fastest they could. The one thing about running is real simple. Look ahead and go as fast as you can. If you look to the left, first of all, you slow down your speed. You look behind, you slow down even more. You got to keep looking ahead and run as fast as you can. You don't need to look around. What you worry about, somebody catching you? What they going to do when they catch you? Nobody's going to grab you. It's just stay in your lane, run your race. That's what, right, that's, what, that's what running is. This is Paul said, well, I've, I've, I've run my race, I've finished the course. I know I'm not saying that right, but y'all know what I meant. <laughs> I kept the faith, right? And so, 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 see, that's why the scripture says you shall know, know the truth and the truth. That's what's going to make you free, the truth, the genuine you. That word truth means final reality, finished product. That's what it means. We talk about a lot of times the truth is that's not a, ta- that's not a, 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 a caterpillar. It's a butterfly. That's the truth. In its genuine fullness form, it's a butterfly. It's not a tadpole. It's a bullfrog. It's not an acorn. It's an oak tree. Right? So, so, so we have to do that. He said, before you was in a womb, I knew you. He, 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 he told Jeremiah, I, I, I called you a prophet. I knew you. So the genuine you is a prophet. If you're doing anything less than that, let's say, hey, such and such got a church and they made you a pastor, but that's not what you, before you was in the womb, what you're supposed to be. That's not the genuine you. And let's say you, you, you do it well, but you're not fulfilling your design. You're outside of God's will. But we, you know, when you get around certain situations, go, no, nah, no, nah, I can do that. Yes, you can, but are you designed to do it? 
When we get into spiritual authority, you realize they can, I can't. Because you have to operate in what you're designed to do, right? I actually had this quote in here, don't, don't be born in the original and die a copy. I didn't realize I wrote it in here, right? Don't cover yourself. Let God's glory cover you. And God's glory is attracted to his genuine design of you. Don't cover yourself with the world. Let God's glory cover you. That's a mistake they made in the garden, right? They sinned and they start covering themselves with the things of the world. But what was covering them before they sinned? The glory of God. They was walking with God in the cool of the day. They were naked and unashamed. Totally exposed, being genuine who they were and was not ashamed of any aspect of who they were. So after sin, now they're looking at this. The scripture says, after they sinned, it says they knew that they were naked. So now they were intimate with being exposed, not intimate with God. And then it said, and they hid themselves. And then they hid from the presence of God and the voice of God. That was after sin. Right? Running, hiding, lying, walking around, not dealing with the reality of who you are. A true relationship with anybody starts with the, general, the, the genuine you, the real you. So a lot of relationships are jacked up. A lot of marriages are jacked up. A lot of friendships are jacked up because somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. And then the whole time, I just don't understand why, you know, people don't treat me this way. Why I'm this, that. They don't know you. They ain't never met you. So they can't treat you no type of way. You ain't been you in 20 years. I don't know where, I don't know, where's my wife? Looking for you? Where's my husband looking for you? Been walking by you every day. Because you've been hiding, covered with them. Right? So being authentic or genuine requires courage and humility. Courage and humility. Being authentic and genuine requires courage and humility. So you got to watch trying to be performance-driven, intercepting others' authentication of you. See, this is what I mean. So sometimes when I'm performance-driven, somebody, God will send somebody in my life to speak who I really am. But when I'm performance-driven, I'm going to reject that and intercept them telling me that truth because I don't want to embrace being an authentic me. I don't want to put it into work. So I'm going to get defensive. I'm going to fight. Look, look. Hey, if it's all these people, what's the common denominator? You. you. Like, I don't get that. Like, like, that's a reality. I can see if it's one person. But if you've been traveling through life and dealing with these same situations, what's the common denominator? You. Like, like what are we doing here? He said, you can't run from yourself. There's actually an old song, you know, I used to, it's by it called the originals. It's, uh, you can't hide from yourself. That's the name of the song. And then one of the lyrics says, you can't hide from yourself. Everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> right? And, and so, 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 <laughs> this is the thing. Sometimes we spend so much time hiding, we'll do whatever they ask, we'll find things to do, we'll get into compromising, appeasing, you know, we'll start uh, stalking, um, never giving a person an occasion not to like us by meeting every condition. But it's impossible for any relationship for you to meet every condition because you're two different designs. So there's got to be a situation where you'll go, can't do that because I'm not designed that way. Me and my wife, we're, 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 we're the best of friends, but our core di- our, we have core differences. There's certain things I can't do. I'm not going to get specific, but, but there's things that I can't do if I try. You know, I, I'll say this because it's funny around the house because she'd be wearing my stuff, right? And I was like, babe, like, you know, you just, you know, you're wearing my shirt. Like, you know, it's cool, but. You got to take care of it like I would take care of it, right? Because I, I, like I, you know, 
I don't put T-shirts and dryers and nothing like that. I, you know, I'll be taking care of my stuff. So I said, baby, if you're going to have my stuff, I said, you're going to have my stuff, you got to take care of it, right? She says, well, you can wear my stuff. <laughs> like I said, this, we, 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 I can't meet every condition. <laughs> I can't wear her stuff. Actually, I don't want to wear her stuff. <laughs> How about this? I'm not wearing her stuff. So, <laughs> so, so there's always going to be some kind of, it's not going to be even there. You know, she gets to wear my stuff and do whatever she wants with it. What'd you say, babe? Yeah, you can help it. Right. So we got to watch buying favor, friendship, and fellowship. Got to watch buying it. You know, just meeting conditions for favor, friendship, and fellowship, because what happens if you're not being genuine, eventually you're going to come out. And a person going to say you broke brand new. It happens in relationships a lot. person does everything to get into the relationship. Then once they get in it, they change. Yeah. Got that fool now. And then they change. And then the other person is like you breaking brand new. But they're really not breaking brand new. They're actually being who they really are. That's why we have courtship and premarital. Look, I just did a good little, babe, I just sold a courtship premarital there, right? I just weaved that in the genuine. You get to go through the fire and see the genuine person that you're going to walk down the aisle with, right? So Rick Warren said in The Purpose Driven Life, in real fellowship, people experience authenticity. In real fellowship, real. So it's a lot of times we're fellowshipping, but it's not real. It's not genuine. In real fellowship, people experience authenticity. Authentic, authentic, authentic. I got all these different words. Authentic fellowship is not superficial, not surface level sharing. It happens when people get honest about who they are and what is happening in their lives. So your, the fellowship and the connection is a growth process. It is, you know, because people say this about me and I'm okay with it. You know, okay, so, so my wife will tell you, I actually enjoy my life. I have fun. And anybody been around, I crack jokes, just that and the other, have fun. My core is, is I'm growing in God, and I don't care what situation we're in. It's coming out. So if you're around me, well, here we go, we're going to talk about God, as opposed to what? <laughs> like a, and then if you try to hit me, well, you need balance in your life. Okay, first of all, I have balance in my life, but I'm not balancing God in the world. So that means I got to make sure I do enough for the world. That's like, I, you know, I, I, I take in the right stuff, but I got I to gotta get some poison in, you know, just to balance everything out, you know. You know, I'm getting all, all this stuff, that's, all these pure things. I need some poison too. It doesn't even make sense, right? So, so uh, this is who I am. What you see, what you get. Talk to people on the basketball court. I, uh, I was talking to uh, Ray today. He was like, he says, man. When we used to be in youth ministry, when we was in, uh, he used to come over to the college campus at Capital University, uh, the basketball camp, we did the basketball camp, I did the, the young people camp, had the basketball uh, team where we played in different programs and stuff like that. I, we praised the Lord before and after games. You wonder why he praising the Lord at, at, a, at a, a pro-am league? Win or lose. And sometimes, you know, when we first got in the league, we was getting blasted because we had church folk. They had pros, <laughs> right? But we still be, glory to God, lift you up. You know, some of it's hard for some people to lift their hands up, but we was doing it before and after games. Because I'm the same guy. I'm not changing because of the environment I'm in. See, I can be Keith all the time, and I learned that a long time ago. That's the only thing I could do successful. <laughs> be Keith. I can't be you. I just can't do it. Sorry. It's only when we become open in our lives that we experience real fellowship. So a lot of times we're wondering why sometimes we're struggling in fellowship because we've been hiding. And sometimes you're in situations where people don't know how to, to really deal with all your brilliance and your brightness. You know, you know, some people are just happy all the time, brilliant all the time, and some people can't stand that. Well, fine. That's just somebody that, that, that doesn't doesn't know what to do with you. So you don't shut down all the friendships because two people can't handle your success, right? 
You don't shut down eating because you don't like the food at the restaurant. I noticed that. I've been watching that. Y'all still eating at a, at a big clip. <laughs> but I watch when you go into the restaurant. Look, 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 look. Hey, hey. Because we got a couple of culprits in here. We sending folk. We call them the send food back people. There's a guarantee that that food is going back most of the time. I, I don't know. That's, I don't know the... Uh, the red peppers just seems, <laughs> you know, I don't know, just a little, little too sugary right now. I just don't understand, right? So you send it back, but I notice you don't stop eating. And I notice some of y'all are going back to the same restaurant. But with God, it's something, it, it, I don't know. He said the wrong thing that day. Oh, so now the whole thing's over. Look, look, the cook get more props than, than, than the men and women of God. What's going on? <laughs> Y'all know our people, right? I don't know. I, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> How about this move? I don't like it. Uh, what do you want? Uh, well, you give me the... Uh, the chicken parmesan. No, you can just leave this. We, you know, I'll just be. <laughs> I'll just be. I'll just. Be.